the meme for this time is getting your shit together feels really good. Admittedly, I'm a procrastinator by nature. I follow the thought process of Scarlett O'Hara in Gone with the Wind. After all, tomorrow is another day. Sounds lovely. Sounds very romantic. In real life, it doesn't work. Putting things off to the next day just means that you're going to continue to put it off till the next day and put it off until the next day until it bites you in the butt and then you wonder why did I put it off so long? Well, you had the control over how long or when you were going to put it off. So the, the bottom line is you don't have anybody else to blame but yourself. And I learned that lesson in the hard way so many times, especially with my doctoral project or actually my whole PhD program. For each class we were offered eight weeks to get the assignments done and apparently based on their experience eight weeks was enough. One could also extend for another four weeks for $250 and then extend for another four weeks for $250. And yes, you guessed it right. I extended both times for $250 for a good lot of the classes that I took. One of the reasons why is because I believe that there was an insecurity there. I doubted myself to a certain degree. Is this paper that I'm writing for this assignment going to be good enough? Is the instructor going to appreciate what I'm trying to write or my grammar or my insight or whatever. So I would write the paper and then I would re-edit the paper and re-edit the paper. And I did that so many times and ultimately found out that if I would have turned it in like on the second edit I would have gotten the same grade that I got when I edited and edited and reviewed for the fifth or sixth time. That finally sunk in. Have confidence in yourself. Believe that what you are producing is worthy. A way I found around procrastination was it goes back to a, thing, a, a saying or a, a question I ask my clients a lot of the time, how do you eat an elephant? And the answer is you eat an elephant one bite at a time. So I had to start reprogramming my brain or retraining my brain as, as it is. When you retrain your brain, what you're doing is through neuroplasticity. Yay, you're learning all kinds of new words. You probably knew them before, but anyway. Um, you're rewiring your brain. A little bit of a psychology lesson, when we are initially wired, when our brains are initially wired, they're wired based on the attachment theory. And the attachment theory involves 
the relationship we had in the beginning with our primary caregiver. So as you can imagine, if we initially wire our brain based on a relationship with a primary caregiver or caregivers, mother and father, and the relationship is toxic or um, unhealthy, then we're going to learn unhealthy coping strategies to deal with the environment in which we are involved. Because it's not like a child can say, well, I, I, I'm feeling that this is unhealthy or toxic or dysfunctional, so I'm just going to move out. That's not possible. So what ends up happening, you know, a lot of the time with the child not understanding exactly what they're doing, coming up with coping strategies to deal with the environment around them. I've had clients who have developed coping strategies around cutting. Cutting usually involves, okay, I may not be in control of the situation around me, but I'm certainly in control of causing pain to myself or hurting myself to a certain degree. Extremely unhealthy, but negatively effective in allowing the child or the young adult to feel like they have some control over their lives. I've had one client who, when confronted by individuals in the dysfunctional relationship, would start screaming at the top of his lungs. And he realized that if he started screaming, then people would just leave him alone and back off. And that's what he wanted. Unfortunately, a lot of the times, because we aren't aware if this involves us, that we are creating this unhealthy coping strategy to deal with a situation that we can't escape from, necessarily. But we carry that coping strategy into our adult life. And if we carry that coping strategy into our adult life, as you can imagine, it just doesn't work. We can't start screaming out loud when we're an adult and, and when we're feeling uncomfortable in the situation. We certainly can't start cutting ourselves in a situation as an adult where we feel uncomfortable. And more than likely, the adult individual will realize that they can't do that, but they have the urge to do that. They have the conflict within their head about, I want to do that, but I can't do that. I don't understand why I want to do that. And then that creates more anxiety in them. That's why I say awareness is half, is half the battle. Once an individual understands why they're feeling a certain way and why they're doing what they do, then the process begins to rewire the brain. Because again, through, as Jayla D. Fox would say, the word of the day is neuroplasticity. And through neuroplasticity, the brain can be originally wired, but it can be rewired and we rewired, AKA a habit. How do you think someone starts smoking? How do you think someone gets addicted to something? They try it, they start it, the pleasure is there. And what they're doing is they're creating, as I call it, a detour neural pathway within their brain. Because as you know, we've got millions and millions of neural pathways 
in our brain that have us go this way and that way and think this way and behave this way and and the rest of that. So now we're just creating a detour neural pathway. And the more we emphasize and repeat what we're doing, we're strengthening that detour neural pathway until it gets to the point where it becomes our go-to neural pathway. And then it's a habit. And then our brain left on autopilot just habits away. That's negative, but it can also be positive. Because on the positive end of it, when we are aware and we realize that we're allowing the tape, aka the initial wiring or rewiring, depending on you know the circumstances, is driving us in a certain direction, once we become aware, then we can realize, okay, I'm gonna stop utilizing that particular neural pathway and I'm going to start creating a detour neural pathway. And I'm going to exercise that muscle by repeat through deliberateness and consistency and strengthen that detour neural pathway to the point where now I've created a positive habit, a positive way of doing something So this whole concept goes along with getting our shit together and having it feel good. When we realize that we're going to start getting things together for the positive, it really does feel good. It feels empowering. It allows us to realize that we are in control. One of the things that I was going to talk about before I went off on a tangent again was one of the tools that I concocted from the how do you eat an elephant scenario is that if I were taking a class and I knew that I needed to write a paper and remember the activities are like um, two weeks for activity one, two weeks for activity two to sort of add up into eight weeks. I would get overwhelmed and I would think, wow, I need to sit down and I need to write this paper. Where do I start? How do I begin? Where do I do? Oh my God, I'm getting frustrated. I don't know the answer to any of these things. So tomorrow is another day and I'll just put it off. But when you apply the how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time concept, Then you do it step by step. You say, okay, what's the first step that I need to do to start writing this paper? Well, I need to get organized. That's a first step. And maybe even the first step is I've got to wrap my mind around the fact that I do need to write this paper and I need to feel comfortable with that concept. Now I need to start putting things together in how I'm going to go about writing this paper. And what I found as step number three moving forward was I'm going to write for 30 minutes each night at a time of my choosing. Typically that's around 11 o'clock at night, but that's my my time because everybody knows I'm a vampire and that's my time to um, howl. So 
even though vampires don't howl, but that's a saying. Um, and I would write for 30 minutes. When the end of the 30 minutes came, if I felt I needed to stop, then I would stop. Feeling empowered and feeling in control that I met my goal of 30 minutes. A lot of the time I discovered that once the 30 minute time hit, I was on a roll and I continued. And so I just allowed myself to go along with it. And when I wasn't feeling it anymore, I was tired or I was done, depleted, whatever, for writing in that particular night, then I would just stop. And that's the way that I would proceed every single day for a week or two weeks and come to find out, guess what? By that, the end of that time, I had a whole paper written. And if I could do it five nights a week or even six nights a week, and I have a whole paper written, and then I take the second week to rewrite it, not rewrite it necessarily, but go through it and, and edit it and, and polish it up and do what I needed to do, by the end of that two-week assignment, I had a paper and it was ready to turn in. And that's where my security came into play. I have this paper, I'm going to turn it in. I have faith in myself. I have confidence in myself. I'm not gonna doubt myself. I watch on a lot of these cooking shows on HGTV, not on HGTV, on um, the Food Network and various other shows that have um, cooking contests and things. And one of the things that the judges or the masters or whatever find to criticize the person or people in the contest is you're second guessing yourself. And that's always, or the majority of the time, their downfall. We've got to learn not to second guess ourselves. So the more that we stick to the regime of saying, I'm going to turn it in with the confidence that I've done what I needed to do. We're going to reinforce, again, through neuroplasticity, that confidence in ourselves. And even if the professor or the teacher or the mentor or the boss or whomever comes back and has critiqued the paper, suggested corrections, take that as constructive criticism. We're going to learn from that. I used to get so deflated when my ex-boss, current friend, Joe, would literally bleed over everything that I would write when I was turning things in. And it, and, and it, and it would hurt me because I thought, I, I, I actually thought, if you want me, if you want to write this paper, write it yourself. If you want to write this guidance memo, write it yourself, because you're rewriting it anyway. But what I wasn't realizing at the time that I've realized now is that he honed my skills to be able to write so much better. And when I was finally writing my own guidance memos for the world to see, literally, because they were online from the University of California, I wasn't writing Joe's style because everybody has their own style. 
But what I was doing was taking all of the lessons from my mentor and creating my own style based on all these skills that he taught me. And I will be forever grateful for that. I think I've actually talked about Joe in other podcasts. So um, we're allowed to make mistakes. We're allowed to be rewritten or criticized. That's the way that we learn. But it can't keep us from being motivated to getting our shit together for ourselves. Believe me, when we start getting our shit together and we feel the sense of accomplishment, we feel the sense of empowerment, it's going to be motivation for us to continue to get our shit together. I wrote that meme because just within the last several days, I'm starting to get my shit together. I buy so many things from Amazon.com. And a lot of the things I guess I need, but, you know, one way or the other I bought them, so I guess I need them and I use them. But some things I buy and I don't really need, but they're here. I'm not a housekeeper. I will pay people to change a light bulb for me and with the COVID I haven't been able to do that because most people are COVIDing I mean I know there are essential workers out there and I know that you know you have to have people come in and like fix the air conditioning if it goes out or fix the plumbing if it goes out or something but for the most part I'm COVIDing here and I've got my 86 year old mother to be concerned about so I'm not going to have a lot of people come into contact in my home So I'm sort of kind of having to do things for myself. Now, confession here. I got motivated to start because I collect vinyl. And I collect vinyl from like the 1970s. That's my, my jam. That's my time. I had like 25 unopened boxes that I got with individual vinyls in there. And they just sat there. I had like 25 unopened boxes of all shapes and sizes piled up around here. And until I finally realized, why don't I just start taking care of this? Why don't I start doing some cleaning for myself? True story. I decided one night that I was going to buy on Amazon.com a feather duster. And I bought a feather duster. And I'm telling you, that was one of the boxes that I opened almost immediately because I wanted to try out my new feather duster. And so then I learned, okay, well, while I'm working with a client, because of course, I think a lot of you know that I do online therapy, so it's over the phone. So I've got my headset on and I'm doing my therapy with my client, and I realize that I can use my feather duster and just go around and feather dust, feather dust, feather dust while I'm doing therapy with my client. 
They don't know that I'm feather dusting. And, I, and I've told several of them and they don't care. Yay me, I'm feather dusting while I'm talking to my client and doing therapy. And so honestly, that's what sort of got me motivated to say, okay, if I can feather dust, then I can do other things. So I'm here to tell you, and this is gonna boost my um, motivation and my self-esteem in the moment, I've opened up the majority of the boxes. And what's interesting is, is that there was a, a huge pile of boxes for a very, very small recoup. They put like measuring spoons in a huge box. They put, I don't know, they put little things in big boxes. But I do have to say too that the boxes after they were all emptied, then they were all sitting in a plop in the middle of the room and I'm thinking to myself, gee, I'm not a break down the box and put them in the dumpster kind of thing. Thank goodness, goodness my person is. He came over and he, we had a wonderful conversation because it's been quite a while since he's been able to come over with the COVID and unfortunately his mother dying and then he had to go back to um, South Carolina on a plane and then come back. And so he um, put himself in or he COVIDed for a couple of weeks or a few weeks. And then he was able to come over and he sat there and he broke down all the boxes and I sat on the couch and we chatted and caught up and did all these things. And he took all the broken down boxes and put them in the dumpster. Again, yay me, I've got a person who does these things that I don't like to do. And he has no problem with that. So I just went online and, and went to Amazon.com and bought another thing from them. It was these LED um, candles. They come in a 12-pack and they're remote controlled. They're battery operated. And he was saying that he wanted some and I just bought them for him. So tip for tat. He broke down the boxes. I just sat here, bought him something from Amazon. He's going to be happy with that. And now we have way more floor space. Aren't you excited about all these stories I'm telling you? I mean, I started talking about one thing and then I get start talking about another. But what's interesting is, is that um, I have these wonderful clients, they're siblings, and I just adore them. And I love talking to them and I look forward to um, our sessions because they're consecutive on, on Tuesday. And they influence me. And what they've also said is by listening to my podcast, it's a way for them to get to know me better, like understand me more. And I love that because that's another reason why I'm doing these podcasts. I want other individuals, others out there based on my experiences to understand more of what I know. And the only way that I can share what I know is to put it out there through my Live to Tell podcast. So if anybody is resonating with this, I don't know if you know this, but I do have a Facebook page for Live to Tell. 
if you ever want to send me messages, and I think you can actually send me messages through Anchor or Spotify or um, Apple iTunes, I don't know, but please do. And if people have suggestions or if they have questions that they want me to address, I'm way more happy to do that. Anyway, I think I'm going to stop for right now. Um, We've been all across the board here, but I think my message is clear. By getting shit taken care of, it really is a positive thing towards our mental well-being. Think about it. Think about how you could implement that into your lifestyle in a big way, in a small way, in an individual or in a, in a medium way. Try to do it. Because that's the way that we self-empower. That's the way that we self-motivate. And if we don't self-motivate or self-empower ourselves, nobody else is really going to do it. So it's all up to us. Anyway, I've lived to tell. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And till next time.